0: Hello and welcome to Rewire. Whether you're a baby boomer or a baby zoomer, a millennial or an elder ally, enjoying retirement or planning ahead, this podcast provides you with the information and inspiration to help you live your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess Dale.
1: Hello and welcome to episode five. It is the August, August episode. And that is because August is known for more than just being the month that we think about the astrological sign of Leo. It is also known for the dog days of summer and known for National Smile Week, which happens August 5th through the 11th, which is a really good thing. And I'm smiling already because August 5th is my birthday. I share that date with Neil Armstrong and probably a whole bunch of other. Well known people, but I've always been proud that he and I shared this date. And I'm someone who likes to practice what I proverbially preach. And in this case, I think the fact that I consider myself a cultural creative hybrid, I am often in the process of rewiring, (laughs) hence, part of the inspiration for this podcast. I was never comfortable with just one job or one title, and I have worn many different career hats along the way, and frankly, I like it like that. It's probably because from my earliest memory, I was always drawn to the arts because there I could do or be anyone or anything I wanted to, whether on the page or on the stage. And recently, I read an article by Sanjay Hupta on the CNN newsletter. And he was saying that the current median age is 39, just like Jack Benny. (laughs) And I laughed and I thought, I remember watching Jack Benny as a kid. And if anyone on the show asked him his age, he would say 39. And every adult in the room would break into big gales of laughter. And I didn't understand it. Now that I am older and claiming being 39. I really get it. And as Dr. Hupta said, aging is not a number. It's a perspective. We are all getting older. And I realize that. And as I get ready for my birthday, I do a whole internal process about that, about what it means to get older. And in this case, to become what is lovingly known as a senior who is rewiring one's life. And there was a post on Instagram a couple of weeks ago that I took note of. And it said, if you could erase all the mistakes of your past, you would also erase the wisdom of your present. Remember the lessons, not the disappointments. And I thought, wow, what valuable information that is at this stage of life, because I doubt I'm the only one who sometimes looks back and reflects and thinks, oh, I wish I could have done that and I didn't do well here. I was a failure there. I disappointed myself or others here. No, 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 no. Those were lessons and stepping stones to the grace of the wisdom that I now choose to claim and I hope to share with you. (laughs) Now, I also want to mention today being August 2nd, is also National Girlfriends Day. And I don't know about you, but you know, girlfriends for, for women over the age of 50 can be a little harder to find, unless you're fortunate enough to have wonderful besties from your youth. But if you're someone like me who's moved around, as I've gotten older, I've found it harder to find girlfriends. And there are studies that show that women report this feeling after the age of 52. And that is why AARP's specialized content team decided to launch a free weekly e-newsletter focused on helping older women own their age. And that's what we're trying to do here on this podcast. Women and men to own their age, to, you know rewire instead of retire, to reinvent oneself. Now, this newsletter is named The Ethel. And when I first saw that, I thought immediately it had to be Ethel Mertz, because I'm a I Love Lucy fan, who is also a Leo. No, this newsletter is named after the AARP founder, Dr. Ethel Percy Andrus. And she sought to change Americans' perception of aging and said, old age is not a defeat. But a victory, not a punishment, but a privilege. And now, this newsletter—the objective of the Ethel—is to feature work about women age 50 plus. And in fact, it got so popular they created a Facebook page. And as of May 2023, they created a closed Facebook group for women 50 and above, so that they could, you know, talk about some of the issues happening as we get it older, and it now has 31,000 members. So if you are an older female, or you know of someone who might benefit from this, who needs a little more social connection, you can check this out through your local AARP office or online, or search on Facebook for the Ethel Circle you are also very welcome to reach out to me. We have a Rewire with Duchess Dale Facebook page, and you can write to me directly. My email address is yourliferewired at gmail.com. Two elements that are critical in my life are passion and purpose. So I thought this month of August, might be a way to focus on those two values. So my guest this week is someone who definitely exemplifies both passion and purpose in all of her rewired iterations along her work career, and Talia Pura from Santa Fe and I met up again last week while we were both on the picket lines at the Netflix studios in Albuquerque. As you probably know by now. Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild are both on strike in terms of negotiating new contracts. In particular, for Screen Actors Guild, that union is requesting a comprehensive set of provisions to protect human-created work and to require an informed consent, fair compensation, when a digital replica is made of a performer, when their voice, their likeness, or performance might be substantially changed by artificial intelligence. So I thought this was a great opportunity to check in with Talia and get her take on this situation. Talia, yeah. I'm so excited to have you on the show today because I ran into you this week at the SAG-AFTRA strike. We were on the picket lines and you were working it. So I thought you were a wonderful person to bring on the show to talk about rewiring. So welcome.
2: Oh, Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for being
2: at that strike action yesterday. I was
1: happy to be there. And I'm going to ask you about that a little bit later. I want to know why are we doing this instead of just what the news says. Now, I happen to know that you came here from Winnipeg, Manitoba to New Mexico and you live in Santa Fe. What prompted that move?
2: Interestingly, uh, we had visited it as tourists visited Santa Fe and my husband fell in love with it. He had already retired from uh, the University of Manitoba, where he had been an instructor in the School of Art and the head of the printmaking department for, I think, 37 years. So he was just ready for a change, something Uh brand new. And the lack of winter was very appealing. And I told him that if we were going to move, I really didn't need to move. I was very well established there. And I considered my university teaching career to be only mid-career. In fact, um, in the call that I made to my uh, associate dean of my department, I was teaching theater at another university in Winnipeg. I told him that we were moving and I would be giving up my full-time position at the university in the same breath that he was telling me that they were offering me a tenure track position. So leaving was not the easiest thing I've ever done. I also had my crews established, I've made 10 short films. And it's so easy to get things done once you're really embedded in a community. So leaving was not easy. But hey, I'm always up for an adventure. And I'm always (laughs) rewiring. So I said, okay, but if we're going to move, I really want to move somewhere that will support the growth of palm trees. Well, I didn't quite get that. That's okay. And I'm really good at making the very best of every situation. So I'm happy. I'm fine.
1: That's what I know about you. Uh, You're a, a mover and a shaker and making the best of everything. And Santa Fe is quite blessed to have you because you're a writer, a playwright, a director, a filmmaker, an aerialist. You happen to also be the president of theater of Santa Fe. What do you do in your spare time? I take care
2: of my (laughs) (laughs) five-year-old. Yes, I'm a very, very active five-year-old. had not planned on rewiring my parenting skills, but life happens. So four years ago, we acquired my then 13-month-old grandson, and he is part of our family now. So it's the three of us, my husband and grandson and I are very, very busy doing our things.
1: I know, because at a rehearsal we shared once you brought Oliver and he just was so comfortable and he fit in perfectly. He's become so much part of the artistic community that you engage in. So I love seeing him. Since I ran into you at the SAG-AFTRA strike, I'd love for you to tell me from your personal perspective as an actor, as a filmmaker, why is this strike important?
2: This strike is important because it will become a benchmark for what we do going forward. It's not just about getting a little more money out of the producers. This is about cultural shifts that will affect everybody in every technology and every sphere of our society, namely AI, artificial intelligence. The studio's idea is that they could take a picture of every background actor on set. And then never have to hire them again because they can just generate the image. Add infinitum forever and ever and pay that background actor for half a day's work, period. That's, That's their opening gamut on that one point. Okay. So that's where we're starting from on AI. And there's so much involved in AI and so much damage that it could do to the careers of all actors and everybody who makes a living in this business. So that's one of the sticking points. The other sticking point is that the residuals for streaming are very, very poor, and in some cases, non-existent. And we saw through the pandemic that a lot of people stream a lot of content. Once the actors have been paid for that content, unlike theatrical releases or even television licenses, the streaming residuals really haven't been worked out. Again, the studios were very, very resistant to sharing the obvious wealth that they have uh, received from streaming services. Those are kind of two really big sticking points. Of course, it affects everybody in the industry. Then there's this huge spin-off effect. The restaurants that are, are located near studios are suffering. The uh, catering companies that would, would be involved in the business are suffering. Hotels are suffering. Everybody who has made a dime off the film industry is shut down as of the strike. This strike is important for everybody. We uh, need the support of the whole community because the whole community is really affected by what we're trying to do here. Whatever we're trying to do is going to have spill-off effects. If we settle for a really lousy contract, well, good luck with anybody else who's facing the same kind of AI situation in whatever their work is. There's a lot of spillover it's really important that we all
1: get it right going forward and especially since we're doing it with the sister writers guild um exactly they are right already- as well right. I think you brought up a wonderful perspective that uh, those of us who listen or who may not be in the entertainment industry, the pandemic changed how we view things, and it did change the marketplace. Now that Albuquerque in New Mexico is such a strong industry town for filming TV, movie commercials, Mm -hmm. that this is really a significant piece for the citizens of New Mexico, as well as around the world, as far as the film industry.
2: Exactly. And of course, the spillover is enormous. I mean, union work is so important. Unions are the reason we have weekends. If unions had never existed, we would not have five-day work weeks. We would not have lunch hours or coffee breaks. The workers that fought for the early unions established things that people now take for granted. So anybody who says, oh, well, I've got a perfectly decent job and I don't need a union, they can't do anything for me. Yes, actually, they can do something for you personally. And they have done enormous things for all of society in the past. They they need support and um, it needs to be easier for people to get into unions, to form unions. I'm just a really strong union advocate.
1: I can hear that. I'm a member of of the Mm -hmm. same union, so Mm -hmm. I I understand and I support that. And what I really appreciate about this is that this is giving the listeners a different perspective rather than, oh, just give me more money in my contract. And how does it impact the average viewer? This helps them.
2: It does. We also have to remember that the tiny one percent or it's probably not even one percent of actors are millionaires and are jetting around the world. There are so many thousands, 160,000 members of this particular union, and a tiny, tiny percentage of them are the names that you hear. So if people say, well, that's okay, they make too much money anyway. We're not talking about the stars. It's wonderful to see the stars supporting the strike. I know that It affects them too, of course, but let's not forget all the little people that it is affecting as well.
1: <laughs> Those of us in the rank and file, uh, yes, I agree with you. It's been wonderful to see the celebrities that we all assume makes a gazillion dollars supporting this strike for not only for themselves, but for the union and for the rank and file for all of us. The entertainment industry is a rather critical industry for the United States. I have two more quick questions because I know you're short on time being the busy lady that you are. Do you have any projects coming up directly in New Mexico since this is a New Mexico sponsored podcast?
2: Yes, absolutely. I do. Because the film industry is essentially set down. I'm busy working on the strike efforts and trying to ensure that we get a fair contract. But my energies are also going elsewhere. I have three different theatrical productions that I'm costuming presently. This afternoon is going to be all about sewing lizards. The other two, fortunately, are pieces that, that don't involve animals. More purchasing than building. I've got a play reading that I am directing next week I have a Teatro Paraguas full-length drama that I'll be directing through September. That opens mid-October. Then, of course, there's Theatre Santa Fe and the Theatre Walk. We have an annual Theatre Walk, and that will be on September 30th this year. What that means is all 23 companies in our membership of Theatre Santa Fe that are producing companies in Santa Fe will all get together at the Fashion Outlet Mall. We take over all the empty spaces, And put on an afternoon of theater so audiences can bop from one venue to the other and see four shows in each venue every hour and get a taste of what theater in Santa Fe is all about. I initiated that and have organized it ever since. I am personally directing two, possibly three of the shows that are going into that festival.
1: That's kind of what I'm doing right now. I I will be happy to mention Theater Rock again in this later September show so that people can find it. To close out, since our listeners might be in the middle of retiring, rewiring, or questioning what to do with their passion and their purpose, is there any advice that you'd like to share?
2: A couple of things. Don't be afraid. Never be afraid to talk to anybody or explore anything. Uh, If there's something that you've always wanted to do, find the person who's doing it and talk to them. Even busy people, even professionals, even famous people are generally happy to talk about what they're passionate about. If there's something you want to learn about, don't be afraid to approach somebody and just find out, well, how do I do this? And it's never too late. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I should start that. Uh, By the time that is finished, I will be fill in the date. You know, I will be 62 years old by the time that ends. Well, guess what? In five years, you're going to be 62 anyway, whether you do that thing or not. Absolutely. It's never too late to start anything. And if it's something that you want to do, it's worth doing. Whether it becomes a new career or just a passion, it's worth doing. This is your life. You only get one shot at it. Fill it up. (laughs) My theme song used to be Roll me over. I don't need a bed. I'll live when I'm alive. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Do you remember that one?
1: No, I've never heard that.
2: Anyway, that was for a long time, all through my middle age, that was my theme song. Now I actually really value my eight hours and I'm fortunate to get them on most days. The other little piece of advice is if you never stop, you never have to. So if there's something that you enjoy doing, don't say, maybe I'm getting too old for that. If you keep doing it, you will be able to keep doing it. Prime example is my aerial dance. I still climb 25 feet in the air and do my tricks. And I've never stopped. I never have to stop. Woo-hoo. If you don't stop, you stay strong and you stay flexible and, and your body doesn't give up. It, it only gives up when you stop. It has nothing to do with being too old to work out. You got to work out. My 92-year-old mother never misses her workout. It's a daily daily morning thing. She knows how important it is to keep her body moving because she's keeping her balance and she's keeping her strength and flexibility out.
1: That is so important. It is. To remind people in case somebody can't quite do that yet, there are many ways to start returning to physical working out with walking, chair yoga, etc. Exactly. You don't have to go there's to the gym.
2: There's you can't find. Just Google it. How to start exercising safely at 72 or whatever. There you go. That's you know, there's wonderful. information out there and there are safe ways of doing it and your body will thank you for it.
1: Thank you for taking time today to talk to us and wish you well with your lizard costumes. And I'll probably see you when we're on the picket lines together. Yeah. Thank you, Talia. Take care for your summer.
2: Thank you. You as well.
1: Charles Richards writes, don't be fooled by the calendar. There are only as many days in the year as you make use of. So how are you going to use your days this week, this new month? Maybe this August, August is the month where you rewire to doing something brand new or something that you love that perhaps has been gathering dust in your closet or your garage. And if you're a regular listener to our show, you know that I love to celebrate national holidays and birthdays and such. Well, this week, we get to celebrate National Sunflower Day. It happens to be the state flower of Kansas, and this is typically celebrated on the first Saturday in August. And I'm delighted that that happens to fall on my birthday because I love sunflowers. And they played a touchstone in our choice to move to New Mexico, as well as they play a central role in the play I'm currently rehearsing. Now, in case you didn't know, sunflowers get their meaning from their very nature. They always face the sun. Whether it is dim or or bright light, they orient themselves towards that light, which is why they're associated with positivity, happiness, and optimism. So I want us all to think like a sunflower this week. Remind yourself of something that will steer you towards your own light. Years ago, when I had the distinct privilege of interviewing the amazing Ray Bradbury, someone in the audience asked him, well, what do you do when you get stuck writing? He said, that's easy. I simply think back to something in my childhood that would stir up my passion and enthusiasm. And just by doing that, it would reignite him back onto the path of his purpose at hand. And maybe that wisdom is part of how I rewired to go back to acting. Thinking like a sunflower for inspiration to put us back in touch with what lights us up. So I want to thank the Aging and Long-Term Services Department because they light up this podcast by sponsoring it without commercials. And they support the citizens of New Mexico with resources and information, whatever they may need. You can call one 800 432 20 80 if you have a question, or you can go online to aging.nm.gov. There's all kinds of resource buttons there you can choose, including one to find this podcast. And you can find out information and register for the upcoming Conference of Aging that happens here in Albuquerque, September 11th through the 13th. It is a hybrid event, so if you're a listener and you can't get to Albuquerque, you can still participate. So call or go online to get more information about the Conference on Aging. And let your family and friends know how to find us. You can find us streaming on Google or Apple or Spotify, and it's free And be sure to subscribe when you listen because then you get notified when a new show is published. Until then, stay cool by refreshing, reconnecting, and rewiring to your son.
0: Thank you for joining us. This podcast is sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. On your favorite streaming platform, subscribe or follow to receive a reminder of new episodes. You can also share this free podcast with family and friends. Our music was written and sung by New Mexico's Lydia Clark. I'm your announcer, Don Converse. Till next time, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire.
2: an inspiration you've got all that imagination so let